welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast, episode 42. I'm your host, Roscoe, and I'm joined by Mr. Paul Collett. Hey, man. Hey, man. How's it going? Yeah, good. How are you, my friend? I'm all right. Living the dream. What a weekend. I know, right? I've just found out that Kobe Bryant has just died in a helicopter crash. Yeah, quite... it's terribly sad. Yeah, not gaming-related, but, you know, whatever. Very unfortunate. What a it legend. Is. It is. Yeah, we're recording this on the evening of Sunday the 26th of January. So, yeah, breaking news happening as we <laughs> record. Uh, but, yeah, that, that is sad. But, yeah, we beat Tramia Rovers today, so I'm living the dream. My God. Oh, we got draw. Can you breathe? Draw at Shrewsbury. I'm, I'm like, you know, a little bit fuming. You know so, what these FA Cup draws are all about. It's all about giving lower league teams a bit of money. Yeah, I know. Fergie used to do it all the time. <laughs> and Klopp's now like, oh, yeah, it's come to Anfield. Get a £2 million cash injection. Just for coming to Anfield. Yeah, but apparently he's not going to be the manager at that replay, which I think is a bit, a little bit disrespectful. So, uh, yeah, it's going to kick up a fuss, no doubt. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, enough football. And we're joined by Mr. Sean Davies. Howdy. How's it going, Doolittle? <laughs> Doolittle. Yes. <laughs> Do you know, it's Out of funny. context, that doesn't make any sense, but never mind. Before well, we start recording. explain the context. I think you should explain it right now. Go on, Sean, okay. go. We have a lot of animals. Only... It's fine to call me Doolittle, only none of them listen to a single thing I say. So <laughs> it's not it's not like a Doolittle situation where I'm like having, chatting with animals and just screaming at them to stop pooing on things and they're completely ignoring me. So, yeah. you know, yes, we have lots of animals, 20 odd rabbits and guinea pigs and kids, I guess. So, <laughs> yes. And because Greg's not here, I'm going to tell you what I've eaten. Go for it. <laughs> I've I've had some Chewitt's pencil sweet bar things, which were very tasty. Um, and I've still not recovered from the pick and mix that I had yesterday. We went to go and see uh, Bad Boys Forever for Life. Bad yeah. Boys for Life. And um, yeah, it's it's very funny. Cool. But, I'm looking yeah, forward to seeing it. I went OTT on the old pick and mix. <laughs> nice. Well, so you should. Absolutely. How are you doing, Roscoe? Yeah, I'm all right, man. Yeah, I've had a good day. Doctor Who tonight was ridiculous so i'm very excited about this seeing what's happening next it's nice to be very excited about doctor who i feel like it's been a while but yeah tonight tonight's episode was insane so well that's... good insane or bad insane oh very good very very good indeed see i have to admit i did try watching it it's, this is the first one i've tried watching since the very first doctor who with the new geek the new format doctor who mm. the other guy and i thought this is terrible <laughs> how is it so popular i don't understand it's just like the worst well, but, you've you just know. well, well, you've missed like eleven series of backstory. Well, the reason why I didn't, I missed eleven series of backstory because that first episode I saw was also terrible. So I kind of, you know, uh, just gave up on it. Okay, well, well I'm glad you, I'm glad you like it though. Thanks, I'm man. Glad you're, <laughs> glad you're excited by this. Uh, yeah, I won't go into spoilers, obviously, but it was a, it was a crazy episode. I'm excited to see what happens. Yes, with rhino creatures. Interesting. Yes, indeed, the Jadoon. So <laughs> that's got me, uh, that's got me very hyped. The Jadoon platoon upon the moon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I really need to catch up on this. I've, I've not seen anything of this new season yet. Oh man, it's uh, it's a good one. Chris Dibnow was uh, the showrunner of Doctor Who. Has remembered that there were ten years that happened before he joined, and so <laughs> we now have former monsters and former characters all coming back. And yeah, it's a lot of lot of fan servicey, I guess, but it's a lot of fun. Is Billy Piper back yet? Not yet. Not yet. No. I'm still never going to forgive it for doing that, to be honest. <laughs> um, so yeah. That beach. I could never watch anything before that or that season. So, yeah, painful stuff. Oh, man. Thanks for that. 
<laughs> I would never have gone into Doctor Who and been so scarred by it if it wasn't for you, so thanks. You're welcome, buddy. Anytime. <laughs> uh, uh, that, I'm good. Anyway, let's talk video games. So, Mr. Paul Collett, what have you been playing this week? I I have still been trawling my way through the original Shenmue. And you know what? I, I think I said last time on the podcast, it is so awful. So, so awful. But you can't stop playing it. So it's doing something right. And I, I can't quite put my finger on it. I think maybe it's just the whole kind of atmosphere it creates awfully, but in a good way. It's, it's so hard to explain. It's an enigma of a game, that's for sure. So I'm getting through that. I'm just about to go uh, and get myself a job, which is exciting. I remember the forklift bit being quite fun. And I've been sort of playing Ghost Recon, but I'm kind of getting bored of that now. Trouble with Ubisoft games, they make these great, great worlds, uh, and they just fill them with fetch quests, and it's just a bit, oh. But I'll stick at it, I'm trying to complete it, because I keep wasting money on games, and never play them, never complete them, and it's just stupid, so. But to be fair, I think I'm just winding down now, ready for PlayStation 5 to hit, not, not get a few games next year, perhaps, but yeah, I'm just sort of winding down a little bit, I think, on the gaming front. Well, there's still one or two games to come out this year that you might like. Yeah, I know, I might, I might dabble. Yeah. <laughs> we're in a we are in a now we were saying it last week now stuff has been pushed back we're in a bit of a quiet moment in uh in gaming in terms of like giant releases yeah because like like the, the spring was meant to be crazy wasn't it like everything was going to come out and i was so excited for everything but you know um that's been pushed back i'm a little bit they, they probably pushed back for a reason that's to make them ps4 ps5 um you know backwards forwards compatibility whatever you want to call it so my, my reason is I might as well just wait, get a PS5, and then get the best version of the game. Do you know what I mean? So I don't have much reason to buy a Watch Dogs Legion on a PS4 if it's going to come out on PS5. So yeah, just, but that's I'm not just, been that's not been confirmed. No, 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 of course not. Um, but I've just seen that. I've seen how the land lies. You know, um, mm-hmm. but I'm just trying to chug through the games that I've got at the moment rather than splurt out on something new that you know I probably won't play. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice positive energy from Paul, as ever. Uh, Mr. Sean Davies, what have you been playing this week? So, I got the Platinum Trophy on Rage 2. And thank you, thank you, thank you. So then I bought the DLC and I burned through the first one, which is The Rise of the Ghosts. And that was pretty damn good. Give you new powers and new weapons. And it's like an overgrown city, which is like abandoned. And that was a lot quite a lot different than what was in the main game and really enjoyed that that's that had a, some decent fights in it and some decent things to do and then the second one which is called terror mania i think is it feels like it should have been released for halloween but it didn't come out until after halloween la- last year so it was between halloween and christmas that it was released and it's dead it's dead odd what game it's, is this this is rage 2 oh, okay so it's like the dlc and it's like they tried to make rage 2 borderlands 3 and it's trying to be funny while also trying to be serious. And it's 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 a massive mess for me. Uh, I also got the Platinum Trophy on Late Shift, which I, I think one of you reviewed. I can't remember. That's Someone that. did. One of you re- reviewed it anyway. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. I got the... I really want more FMV games. I don't know about you guys, but they they like really been tickling my fancy between like Erica and The Bunker and Late Shift. They are really nice to play. And I think we need more of them. We're playing Untitled Goose Game. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, that's that's fun. I kind of figured that, like, after playing it for a bit, I was thinking that there's no way that this game works if it's any other animal. Like, it may be raccoon, maybe 
maybe a raccoon would work, but there's no way you could ever do this game as like a, a standard game because you've been such an arse, but nobody could actually go and kill you. <laughs> it's like like mischief simulator, and it's just like Goose is the perfect animal for it. It's it's a, a great game. I've been playing Skyrim, and I've been playing Pixar Pick Classic, which is basically Picross, but for PlayStation. And I've been playing Descenders on the Xbox because it was announced that it was coming to the PS4 and the Switch later this year. Oh, nice. And that's a damn good game. I'm enjoying what I'm playing of that. It's it's uh, it's pretty cool. So it's getting a physical edition from Sold Out as well. So um, if you are on the PlayStation or the Switch and you want to play Descenders, you will be able to before the end of this year, which is great. And I've just started Ori and the Blind Forest. Ah, oh, see, is... that's, a, that's a rather good game. Yeah, it, um... I felt like it... I'm not that far in, and I just feel like it's taken quite a long way, long time to get where I am. Like the first 10, 15 minutes are basically side on cutscenes, and it just felt like it felt like the start of Up. You know, like it felt like it was just pure emotional manipulation. The start of that game, and <laughs> you know, I just felt like I was being kicked in the ghoulies. And on your, I, I, it was, it, I could see it coming from a mile off, and I'm thinking, ah, this, this isn't going to be good. And then it happened. I was like, damn it, and. Um, but it's just like the gameplay is great once you actually get into the game. But it's just getting there is it felt like a bit of a slog. But I'm going to continue playing it. I think started Halo, the first Halo. Nice. I don't know why. I just felt like a bit reminiscent. I've actually stopped because I think I'm going to stream it, having you know, have <laughs> have Halo through the the eyes of somebody who hasn't played it for like 15, 16 years. Mm, that'd be cool. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll see. But yeah, that's been my week. It's been nice. pretty busy. What about you? What have you been playing? Um, I've been playing a lot of XCloud. Uh, they just added the Master Chief Collection, funnily enough. And nice. So I jumped into Halo 2 Anniversary on my phone, which was really good. Uh, I still haven't tested it outside of my very nice internet at home. So I can't really give a good judgment on it. But at home, XCloud is still working beautifully. I played some Destiny 2 with cross-save. I managed to get that working, so I just carried on my character from my PS4, Destiny 2, straight down to my xCloud account via Xbox Live on my phone. It's very confusing, but it works. So that was cool. So I managed to jump straight back into Destiny 2 and just carry uh, carry on what, with what I was doing. And it's, it's just lovely. xCloud is a dream to play with, and I'm excited to see where that goes for the future. So a lot of Halo, a lot of Destiny. Um, I feel like I was sort of like traveling back in time this week playing a lot of games that I haven't played for ages. And PS4-esque, I've been playing a game that you might have heard of called The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I... It's really cheap at the moment, isn't it? On PS10, is that right? Yeah, I mean, it was on PS Plus a while back. So oh. you might have it You might have it in your library somewhere. But uh, yeah, I watched The Witcher this week from beginning to end. And Any good? I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really fun. It's fiddly at times. It, 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 it jumps back and forth in time quite a lot in doesn't sort of tell sort doesn't really direct you that it's going to do that you just got to kind of keep up with it as it goes but yeah it's really good i love the uh i love the character of yennefer and uh and siri they're both really good i still don't like henry cavill <laughs> just in general just as, as an actor he bugs me and i really think they probably could have got someone better to be to be Geralt. but i i don't think anyone could have said fuck or hmm as well, as well as he could. He absolutely <laughs> nailed those sound bites down. Uh, yeah, it's true. But that that's it. That's all he is. is uh, fuck. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's like, okay, <laughs> great. 
it's magic. The series is fun, and it, what it did do is inspire me to finally jump into The Witcher Three for the first time. And yeah, I'm having a good time with it. It's a bit. It's I don't tend to jump into these giant fantasy RPGs because they're not really what I'm into. But I really like the characters. Now I think now I have a a kind of a somewhat of an idea where these characters come from. It's um it certainly makes it more interesting. I'm on the hunt for Yennefer right now, so yeah, I'm having a good time with it. I played by your request the Order 1886. How are you finding yes. it? Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. I need a way to get rid of the black bars. Okay. I mean, what the hell is this? Why am I playing a video game that cannot fit my TV screen? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see what you... I mean, I quite liked that given... I thought it would give it like a cinematic feel, and I think that's what they were going for with the whole thing. But you are right, it is a bit irritating. I figured it would just be a cutscene, and then it would just like spread out. But no, it just stays there. It doesn't go away. And uh, that's kind of like hampered a little bit of my enjoyment with it. I know that sounds really pathetic, but yeah, it's... I mean, visually, it's amazing. I'm, I'm assuming there's a reason for it. You know, it looks absolutely stunning, and maybe they just couldn't get the resolution right on full screen. It's mad when you but... think that that game was like almost like a launch title, and even today, it still looks like the absolute nuts, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean... know if it had a uh, PS4 Pro enhancement. I don't think it, it did. Uh, it certainly, look, certainly looks very, very nice. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It, it's a good laugh. I like the characters. Um, a bit more bleaker than I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but yeah, it's certainly darker in tone than I was originally thought it would be but it's good fun and i'm gonna keep on with it so the order and the witcher are my big games at the moment i'm still playing not tonight my review will be up at the end of the week for that one so look out for it and i watched the first episode of picard coming from someone who has never once seen a single episode of star trek how, how was it I, like i haven't seen it yet i'm probably gonna watch it tonight but well speaking of someone who's never seen star trek i really enjoyed it it is a very Logan-esque take on Jean-Luc Picard. I think that's the best. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's very, at the present moment, it's very grounded and it's kind of relaxed. You're meeting him when he's like retired and living on a vineyard in France. And yeah, there's not much of the story building just yet, but it's pretty exciting, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. So yeah, that goes recommended from me. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, it's probably worth checking out. And uh, yeah, that's it. Just a quick one from Greg. He couldn't be here tonight because he's saving people at hospital. I think that's what he does, isn't it? He saves people's lives. No, no one knows. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he's not here, but he did want to say that he's been playing Blasphemous, and Blasphemous is awesome if you're a fan of Castlevania. That's as much as he said. I don't know if that means if you're not a fan of Castlevania, you won't enjoy it, but if you're into that kind of genre, then Blasphemous should be a game you should check out. That should be fun. I do want to at some point. Hopefully it'll come down in price scene and I'll check it out. Right. Just, just, before, we, just before we move on, Blasphemous is currently in a sale on PlayStation 4, I think it's like thirteen ninety nine down from eighteen ninety nine in the indie sale, and mm. that will be till Tuesday. So if you're listening to this and you really fancy it, you can go get a fiver off the game right now. Go go go! Blasphemy! <laughs> you see what I did there? I, I see. I see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do the quiz, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world. Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters. Hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest can in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! Hello. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> well, hi! Uh, welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. 
we we missed last week because of time constraints. Uh, last week was a big bumper episode, but we didn't get ch- chance to do this. So this week we're going to do the quiz I had prepared for last week, and it's all about 2012. Oh God! What? 2012 was one of the best years in gaming history, and all of these quiz questions are about games that were released that year. And they're all bangers. Absolute <laughs> classics. So, okay. just to just to, to, uh, to go through the scores so far, we've had four episodes so far this season. Um, Paul has won one. Greg has won one. And we didn't have an episode this time. Will Ross manage to pull himself back and become level no, with everybody else? Whatever I get, Paul will have one more. You know how this works. Oh. Uh, Right, all, all you are you are banned from saying I've completely messed this up. Okay, what do you mean? You are you are banned from using your magic spell. Okay, I've, I've already messed it up when you mentioned twenty twelve. So you know. No, no, no. See, he's already done it. I'm he sorry. He just Ross. did it. He just did it. That's it. It's out. Might as well not bother. Paul's the winner of this week's quiz. And... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's kick this off. Are you guys ready? You got papers and stuff and stuff. Yes. You got your Google tabs open, yeah? Cool. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, question one. The 2012 game Sleeping Dogs was originally in development as an entry into which other video game series before Square Enix acquired the publishing rights to the game? So question one. The 2012 game Sleeping Dogs was originally in development as an entry into which other video game series before Square Enix acquired their publishing rights to the game. Okay, question two. Duh. The design of 2012's indie darling Fez is credited to which enigmatic game developer? So question two. The design of 2012's indie darling Fez is credited to which enigmatic game developer? Silence. I love that. R.I.P. Fez 2. <laughs> okay, question three. What is the name of the plague-ridden industrial city that 2012's Dishonored is set in? Is that 2012? Wow. That was 2012. Oh, son of a bitch. Damn. Question three. What is the name of the plague-ridden industrial city that 2012's in Dishonored is set? Almost said the name of the town. Anyway. Moving on to question four. What a great game Dishonored was. Wasn't it just? Really it was great. great. Loved it. Sequel was not so good, though. Thing. No, it's not. No. Question four. What is the name of the game studio that developed 2012's Journey? So question four. What is the name of the game studio that developed 2012's Journey? Oh, what is the name of that game company? Oh... I can't think of the, I think I can't think of that game company. Oh, what is that game company? <laughs> uh, I'll get it. I'll get that game company. I'm sure you will. 
What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) 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 Don't worry, Paul, you'll get that game company. Oh, I don't know if I will, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not missing a joke here, aren't I? (laughs) If you don't get this, uh, I'm just going to hug you, I think. (laughs) I won't get it on purpose, then. Alright, okay. Question 5, 2012's Max Payne 3 was set predominantly in which country? So question 5, 2012's Max Payne 3 was set predominantly in which country? I don't think I played Max Payne 3. Did I? Max Payne 3 was great. Oh. They should really make another one, as in Max Payne 4. I think Rockstar have got bigger fish to fry these days. Yeah, but still, it was good though. Yeah. Well, Max Payne 3 wasn't developed by Rockstar. It was only published by them, so maybe. It was. Who knows? Okay, question six. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was developed by them and published by them. Okay, question six. It it wasn't. It was was made by Remedy. But carrying on. Question six. Yeah, they're a subsidiary of Rockstar. Question six. In 2012, the last game in the Resistance series was released, and it was exclusive to a single platform. What platform was it? Oh, this sounds like a trick question. Question six. In 2012, the last game in the Resistance series was released, and it was exclusive for a single platform. What platform was it? Hmm. 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 I'm gonna. All right, Henry Cavill. That, that sounds like a little bit, little bit, kind of, little Fuck. bit. You know. <laughs> a little bit, you know. Yeah. It's a little bit trickery going on there. <laughs> Maybe. Question seven. What are the names of the two primary protagonists for 2012's Smash Hit? Telltale's The Walking Dead. Question seven. Oh, this last, isn't it? You know, I've never played one of these games in my life ever. Okay. He's still going <laughs> to get it right, though, isn't he? <laughs> Google's dead easy, Paul, isn't he? <laughs> no, good morning. Question seven. What are the names of the two primary protagonists for 2012 Smash It? Telltale's The Walking Dead. I'll give you five seconds to Google it, Paul. Don't worry. I can't talk that fast. What's the matter? <laughs> okay. Question eight. Announced and released in 2012, Sony released a gaming peripheral that was only ever compatible with four games. What was it? Question 8, announced and released in 2012, Sony released a gaming peripheral that was only ever compatible with four games. What was it? Oof. Ooh. Oh, mm, mm, eh. You know what I mean? 
No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Question nine. Three games celebrated their 25th anniversary in 2012. Name one of them. Question nine. Three games celebrated their 25th anniversary in 2012. Name one of them. When I say game series, because I've written this down round, I mean game series. Oh, I don't know. One. Scully did a uh, retrospective in 2012. Boom. Thanks. Is that like uh, yeah. question nine? Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it? That was question nine. So question nine was three games celebrated their twenty-fifth anniversary in two thousand and twelve. Name one of them. Well, I'm going to take a punt on this. I think. Uh, and question ten, last question. What was the high selling game of two thousand and twelve? Question 10. What was the highest selling game of 2012? Are we including pack-ins? We can if you want. <laughs> including what? Pack-ins. Back in the day. <laughs> Wii Sports. No, it wasn't Wii Sports. Yeah, well, of course it was Wii Sports. No, it's not Wii Sports. Ugh. <laughs> and that was all 10 questions I do have a tiebreaker but I will save that for later just in case nice uh, not bad not bad feel good about this one bit of a toughie that one but I thought I'd put a bit of something in there for everybody hmm. I thought you I... put literally nothing in there for me did you yes I did oh I really think... yeah I think you're the only one of us that's ever played Max Payne 3 so <laughs> Uh, well, fine. I don't have an answer. <laughs> I, don't have a... I don't have an answer for that one. So, Walking Dead's done me up. I'm telling you. We'll oh no, you got one wrong. I know, right? Shocking. Right, I'm going to start this Max Payne business once and for all before we go on. Max Payne Three, Wikipedia. Dun, 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 dun. Max Payne Three is a third-person shooter video game developed by Rockstar Studios and published by Rockstar Games. Drop mic. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> Uh, right. Thank you, Sean. It's a pleasure as always. Let's crack on with some news. And first up, Cyberpunk 2077 will not run on your original Xbox One or PS4. Oh, yes. This is interesting. <laughs> now, this was uh, revealed. This has not been confirmed, but this has been revealed as the main reason as to why the game got very heavily delayed from its original April release date until September. Apparently... CD Projekt Red were not happy with how the game was running on the original Xbox One and PS4, saying that it was basically broken three months or five months out from release, which is very interesting. So, I guess I want to talk about this a bit. Do you think that they have a case to probably... Maybe they should have just waited until the next generation to release this game, or are they right to try and fix it for the OG X1 and PS4 owners, knowing that this, the game was pretty much made for the more advanced versions of the consoles. Paul Collett. Hello. 
Aye. Well, okay, so this is kind of touching on what I was talking about earlier when we did like, what we've been playing. You know, all these games have been delayed and, you know, now they're coming out on the PS5, perhaps on both consoles, in this case, just the, just the PS5. And I don't think it's going to damage them that much, but it's starting to stink a little bit of the original Watch Dogs because they showed that off, Ubisoft showed off their Watch Dogs reveal trailer and it just blew people's minds. And it was great, but when the game got released, it just looked like a pile of shit. And it, I think it got negative feedback because of that, um, in terms of critics and so on. So um, even though I did like the original Watch Dogs, it certainly didn't look like what was getting from the trailer that Ubisoft revealed. So the question is, have uh, CD Projekt Red been showing off demos and trailers and so on on a console, a next-gen console like PS5? And was they just saying, well, yeah, it's available on PS4, hoping that people would say, yeah, I right, you know, try and get the hype up to, to appeal to the biggest market or something, and then then slowly go. Well, I can't really do it on a PS4. It looks like a Spectrum game, so it's PS5 only. I can understand it. I, I don't think it's a detriment to the game as such because it's got so much hype surrounding it. Because everyone's going to start selling their PS4s now, aren't they? Going to do that. CEX are going to be inundated with PS4s now, so best to wait. So you think it's best to CD Projekt Red should just release it on the next gen consoles? Yeah, but, yeah. Why not? I mean. You know, it's quite an ambitious game by the looks of things and the sounds of things. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it's going to like, you know, put it on PS4, it's not going to be the game they want to want to get. And there's going to be some like maybe some massive broken bugs, like say like uh, Assassin's Creed Unity had, for example. Uh, then that's going to get like bad negative feedback, um, and it's kind of like a, a big deal for them. So, why not say what? Well, let's forget the PS4. Straight on the PS5, and if it's going to be a launch game for PS5, then even better because then obviously people go and buy the PS5 and then smash up the old, you know, Cyberpunk as well. Okay, Sean, what do you think? I think Paul's out of his fucking mind. Oh, here we go. <laughs> What's new? What's, oh, um, Cyberpunk is a really expensive game to make, and they spent a lot of money on it, and you really don't want to be launching this game as a next-gen launch title because before Christmas, maybe you might have 5 million installs, uh, you know, an install base across both consoles to target at. Whereas you've got like 180 million consoles on current gen for them to sell to. It's, this, this game has to be a current-gen game. It has to sell because it's been in development for so long and probably cost CD Projekt so much money to make that it's, it's got to make it back. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense to just put it on, on next gen. And I'll be honest, when, when we were at EGX and, and we were sat down watching the demonstration, I genuinely started to type out a piece about how I don't think all of it will run how they was demonstrated because it was, it, it was massive. But also, of course, the game isn't going to run on current-gen consoles yet because it's not been optimised yet. And if, you, if your content's not complete, you can't really optimise completely. So, you know, you, you, can't, you can't make things look better if you're having to constantly change things. And currently, they're still building the game. You know, they're still figuring out all the bugs and everything they need to fix. So optimization hasn't happened yet, and of course the game will run shitty on... You could put it on the most powerful console in the world right now, and it will probably still run shitty because it's not been optimised. And that's that's just the be-all and end-all of this. 
this this guy who, who caused this whole uproar about it not running. Of course, it doesn't fucking run right. And I, I, you might have seen the comments of Corey Barlog, who's basically said what I'm saying is, of course, the game doesn't run right yet because until it does run right, it won't run right. You've got to fix it. You've got to make it do that. You can't just build a game and put it on there. You've got to optimize it for the hardware. And none of that has happened yet. So it's it's like this has to be a current gen game, and they will probably make some sacrifices somewhere in maybe draw distance, some textures. They might take some of the content out. They might make it less of a huge giant hub and split it up into smaller hubs. But that game will release on PS4 and Xbox One, and it's very it's very highly likely that it will also release on PS5 and Xbox Series X with like an upgraded version. It won't be a massive upgrade because the game still looks like shit on it. You know, if it does run anything like it did at EGX, it'll look good on on current gen consoles. So, so uh, yeah, it, of course it's not running right yet. But you know, when it does, I have full faith in um, CD Projekt Red to get it to run to a degree that matters because they got the switch, they got the Witcher Three to run well on a Switch, which is you know just a little bit power, more powerful than my mobile phone. And, you know, they, they are ma- magicians at this kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm not worried. I don't think it's going to be a mess. I think they just haven't optimized the game yet. And I think this is where this is all coming from. And whoever this insider was needs to shut the fuck up and, you know, learn how the industry works. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> well, I was going to say that it might be a case that they release on the PS5 because... If it comes out on the PS5, right, there won't be the big user installed, but over time, that user base was going to grow, clearly. And so, like, then see, uh, Cyberpunk would be one of those big games that, you know, people who do invest in the next-gen console want to buy. But while that's getting uh, put onto next-gen and making money and so on, they can tinkle away in the background and release it on the PS4, couldn't they? That's what I was, that's what I was thinking, anyway. The, the, the point is with this next-generation is that they, they're making it backwards compatible so that they don't have to do any of that. You know, they basically release a game on PS4 and PS5 buy it, p- people buy it. And they can release just a tiny upgrade for the PS5 and to make it worth, you know, buying the new gen version. It's, they're not going to be releasing on PS4 and trying to fix a PS5, a PS4 version. They're just going to release it on PS4. And then when PS5 comes around, they're going to be like, okay, you could, you could get some updated textures by downloading this patch. And it'll basically be the PS4 version out of the box. Because that's that's the point of this whole fluid, you know, um, kind of generations of console now, where they they blend, you know, the the Xbox One and Xbox Series X probably won't get any different out of the box. Yeah, but that, doesn't that then mean like people who buy an next gen console and then not getting the full the full game, so to speak? Because like, if you get if you get on PS4, like you said, say they separated it into hubs and and so on. Yes, they can probably. Uh, Reduce textures and increase textures on the next gen, but changing a hub to an open world thing, wherever it is, that can't be a patch. Surely that's going to that's surely it has to be written into the game. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah, but like the the thing is with that that game, there there is there is things that they won't be able to change. They won't be able to turn it into a a completely open world game if they break it into hubs during development. And they've got it to a point now. I apologise for all the rattling, the rabbits are having some water. Um, <laughs> If, if they're going to make sacrifices to get it working on these new gen consoles, and some of them they will, they will be able to fix, like textures and frame rates and things like that, 
once they have more power on the new gen, they will be able to fix those those issues, but only on that hardware. There's there's some things they won't be able to fix, so but those would... those things would make the game so much easier to run on current gen consoles. So like, you know, if you had to go through short loading screens, which basically, you know, they 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 promised a no loading experience, but if there was some loading, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. No, but if you imagine, say, like, all right, so I just bought a PS4, um, and obviously GTA 5 come out on PS3 and PS4. Now, imagine if GTA 5 come on PS3 and it wasn't a big open world, it was just like uh, Los Santos and uh, another island called Blaine County, but it wasn't all connected, it was two separate islands, so there's a loading screen between. Now, imagine that on PS4, they thought, oh, you know what? I'll wait for the PS5 version so it'd be one big open world because that's what they promised me. What you're getting instead is there's still the two same separated islands, but less of a loading screen. So that means that the game that either A, the developers want to build or they envision, uh, and what they're promising the game is, is then sacrificed because they want to make it on the PS4 rather than solely for the PS5. Do you know what I mean? So if it's textures and load times, then fine. But if it's actually changing the actual game itself, then I don't think that's a good idea, surely. But this, this happens with every game. You know, every game has a massive scope, and then has to be scoped down to yeah, incorporate course. whatever whatever technology is available. But you know, my, my theory of Grand Theft Auto, my analogy of Grand Theft Auto. Imagine Grand Theft Auto Five on PS4, and you've got two islands. You have to load each island up. But on PS5, it's meant to be one big island. That's what you promised. That's what the trailers are showing. It's oh, we can't do that now because we're on the PS4. So they're generally kind of I don't know taking their game back from what they actually wanted to do just so it fit onto an older generation console which i understand because there's money there and there's a user interface uh, user base but it doesn't really give us the gamers the the, the best game does it well it, like. it just gives you the best game for the hardware that you have you know not every gamer is going to move on to next gen no but if they, and, what i'm saying is if they if they made a game just for ps5 then that is the best game uh, of C- uh, Cyberpunk, you're going to get. It's the only version of Cyberpunk you're going to get. So therefore, it's exactly what you want. And so unfortunately, if you've got PS4, you can't get it because it ain't powerful enough. That's just fair, I think. And it's up to them if they want to do that because you know, obviously, they wouldn't say, "Oh, you know, let's forget about PS4 and done any market research because obviously, money's involved." You know. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't really understand what you're saying. So that you, you'd want you'd only want to release the most perfect version of the game. Even if it sells, you know, an eighth of what it's potentially going well, to sell if you gamer, put it on. As a gamer, yes, I'd want the, the best version of the game. Now, as a publisher and developer, then they, they have to make the money. I can understand that. However, if they've done some market research, it says, well, look, the PS5 user base on launch is going to be uh, is going to uh, be predicted to be this, and then by the end of year one, it's going to grow to this. And they think, well, okay, we can make the same sort of money or uh, cover the cost, whatever it is. So therefore, they can release it on PS4. If they can't make any money of it, then they should make it on the PS4, and then make a I don't know, make a another another game entirely for the PS5. I don't know. It just seems like some, some someone's getting shortchanged somewhere. I don't think it's pretty cool. I don't think it's good. Okay, it happens right now. You know, the Witcher Three is on on Switch is or the Switcher as people call it is the worst version of the game, but it's the most popular. Yeah, but yeah, okay, so. Witcher 3 came out on PS4 first, and it was like a big kind of showcase for next-gen visuals and whatnot, um, and that's fine. Um, but they, they then put it back quite a few years later onto the Switch and obviously made some sacrifices, which is fine. Now, if you can release Cyberpunk on a PS5 and it is the absolute nuts, 
full game, everything, but the PS4 version comes out a year or two later, that has been cut back, and I think that's understandable. But to, to launch a game that's such a, a big, kind of big deal, half, not half finished, but just not complete as, they, as the developers wanted it to, to say it fit on both consoles, something's getting lost somewhere. Oh, Paul. They, they'd never release a game if they were ever happy with it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. Because I, they, never... I never release a design that I'm happy with it, which is almost never. So, You know, you, you've... No, but that, that's what they have to say. Okay, the game is done. By this date, it's going out in whatever state it's in because somebody needs to buy it. So, so, and I know what you're saying that, you know, you'd, you'd, but the thing is technology moves that fast, you'd never release it because you'd never be able to keep up. What does Roscoe have to say on this, Matt? Because he'd be the, uh, the, uh, the middle man ground person. All I'm saying from day one is that it should have been optimized for the OG consoles first because that is the very minimum base and that is where the majority of the install base is still at, is the OG Xbox One and the OG PS4. So that should have been their base level from the very beginning and then build on top of that is what I'm saying. No, that's fair. I mean, that's, yeah, that's fair. I mean, if, if it was a PS4 game, then that's fine. Put it on PS4, but then if they want to make it cross-gen, cross then I don't know, they're going to mess it up somehow, I think. If anything, this is Microsoft's fault. Everything is Microsoft's fault. The jump from OG Xbox One to the One X was too big and it should have been a new generation. And because of this, Assumedly, Project Red have gone. Well, we can optimize this quite easily for the One X and the Pro, but it's going to be tougher for the for the OG consoles. And that's where they probably should have started because that's where the biggest install base is. And the the jump from Xbox One to One X is bigger than I think people realize. And so, if they are starting with the One X and now that they're spending the next six months optimizing it for the One and the PS4, then it's like it, it's like they've been doing it backwards. That's my opinion, anyway. Do do Microsoft have the marketing rights and partnership with CD Projekt Red for this one? Where where was Keanu? When where did Keanu turn up? Was that Microsoft's E3? Yeah. So yeah, so that is that is quite likely then that they want um, the Xbox to you know they want the Xbox One X version to be the shining beacon of awesomeness. So you think Microsoft put some money in their pocket? It, it happens with these these marketing deals, doesn't it? You know, like when. What game was it that was basically came out on the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X at exactly the same specs as the original generation? And that was because Sony had kind of money-hatted the the, the marketing rights. So basically they, they said, ah, oh, we're not going to do the, the enhanced version for the Xbox One X. I can't remember which game it was, but it happens, you know. They, they basically, you know, okay, we're going to advertise this as our big game thing on TV and in cinemas and all that kind of stuff. And if the other version of the game is better, then that kind of looks shitty. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's kind of where I think it might land. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Damn. All right. Let's move on from that to Nintendo. Uh, taking people to court. Which sounds like a very un-Nintendo thing to do, but according to a new court ruling, it is completely legal for Nintendo eShop customers in Germany and Norway to be unable to cancel an eShop pre-order, which is really strange. I'm reading this from Screen Run. This isn't the original post, but basically, yeah, Nintendo are claiming that it's essentially illegal to cancel digital pre-orders. So I wanted to get your opinion on this. As a consumer of video games that we are, 
should there still be an option available to cancel pre-order games, pre-ordered games, Sean Davies? Yeah, there should. And it's so so basically Nintendo is saying that people are cannot cancel digital pre-orders in either Norway or Belgium, was it? Uh, Norway and Germany. That's really peculiar. Mm-hmm. Um, because you could definitely pre- cancel pre-orders in other countries, can you not? Yes, and Sony do it and Sony Microsoft around the world. So Nintendo are just generally being dicks in these two territories? It would appear so. Ah, do you know what? Nintendo, they're really... They're really turning into Konami, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> this game is free to start. It's definitely not free to play. Um, it's they're just they need to stop, stop, stop. Let people cancel the pre-orders. If they didn't want the game, they don't want the game. Enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it is a little strange. It will be appealed, obviously, but it'll likely be up to like eighteen months before any action is taken because that's when um, the statute actually runs out. In the meantime, players who pay for and then preload a game from the Nintendo eShop will continue to un- be unable to cancel their purchases. Mm. See, that makes... I mean, if, you, if you're going to preload a game, you're already crossed the line at that point, aren't you? Yeah, I think, I think unless you've started it, you should be able to cancel it. If you've preloaded, it's kind of like that grey area where, you know, yeah, it, it's a bit grey area because you, if you've downloaded it, you basically use Nintendo's services and their servers, and if you cancel, it means that you're basically rescinding the money you paid to include, and which which includes their their cut for their services. So, yeah, that is a bit shifty. If if you've if you pre-ordered <laughs> and, and not, no, but it's like you. I mean, you should at least have to pay. You know, if 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 you paid thirty pounds, and you know Nintendo take a third, and you know that that's that's their cut and for setting up the shop or whatever maybe there should be like just a small percentage that goes to nintendo to say ah, i'm sorry for cancelling your pre-order like you know it's if that if rather than being total dicks maybe that might be an option but yeah you should be able to cancel pre-orders you should be unless unless you played the game and even you know even in some certain circumstances you know you should be able to cancel then too but mm. you know <laughs> Yeah, because then it's because Steam do that, don't they? You can play the game for what was it? Two ten hours. Is it that long? Yeah, I think so. Bloody hell! Wow, so bad. How many indie games on Steam could you complete in ten hours? Uh, there's people that are paid like they they play so many games and just basically just before they they run over, they they request a refund and you don't need to give a, a, a reason for it. And um, there's people that bounce from game to game and do that on the same same money. Well, I know for a fact, given the opportunity, I'll definitely want a refund for Anthem. You know what I mean? <laughs> there we are. There it is. I've got to shoehorn it into every podcast, I swear. Uh, Paul, pre-orders, should they always be allowed to be cancelled? Absolutely. Can you imagine, like, you know, ordering something with Amazon and it don't fit or, you know, it's just not what you wanted or it's not the size that it whatever, and you can't send it back. It's ridiculous. Of course you've got refunds. There's a great area, granted, with the whole kind of pre-play, pre-load thing, whatever. But yeah, I mean, you bought something, um, well, you bought something, change your mind, circumstances change, you can't afford it, don't want it, then you should most definitely get your money back. I don't think, I can't see any argument as to why you can't, other than that grey area, but that's just like a, a weird area that I don't think anybody knows anything about. But yeah, you, you, yeah, definitely, 100%. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's um, pretty standard for companies 
should allow that option anyway. You know, with um, with PSN, I'm not sure if it's the same when Xbox Live. It might be, but you have to paste immediately if you want to pre-order a game. So you have to pay in full, kind of like as soon as you pre-order. And if you want your money back, because maybe you just need that money or you don't want to play the game anymore. I mean, there is a bit of a process. I've had I had to go into a live chat with a Sony rep at some point to cancel a pre-order and get the money back on my account. So, you know, it is a bit of a faff, but it can be done, is the point, really. It's easy enough. It's just, uh, yeah, a bit of an ass. I guess you want your money back. They purposely make it incredibly difficult to do so. <laughs> so, you know, very similar to Sky. Have you ever tried cancelling Sky? Oh, Lord. Good God. Don't. What an absolute hellhole of a conversation. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, you... you uh... We can give you uh, Sky Sports uh, with a little extra. Uh, no, I don't really uh, want Sky Sports. Oh, so uh, what team do you follow? I'm a Manchester United fan. Oh, well, we have uh, 20 Manchester United games coming up in the next eight months. It's like, yep, yeah, I'm cancelling. Just leave me alone. Oh, yeah, but we have uh, great entertainment coming. It goes on and on and on. And I've got to do it again in June, and I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> it was the absolute worst. So you didn't cancel? I did in the end. Uh, this was a while back, but yeah, we re-upped with Sky uh, about <laughs> 12, about a year and a half ago. But yeah, we, we've just discovered that all of our TV watching is either now streaming or recorded. So yeah, it's just not worth it. And so once Disney Plus lands, that's it. It's game over for TV. So we shall see. <laughs> Got to keep a license though for iPlayer. Oh, I've cancelled mine, and that's why I'm so far behind on on BBC on Doctor Who. Because you can't watch Doctor Who. No. Well, I probably could if I like logged in as my neighbor or something. But <laughs> it's it's like you, you have to log in now, obviously. And when you log in, it's like, can they can they tell that I'm not in next door's house? Mm. Can you can they are they going to come out with like a white van and you know satellite dish outside my house and like come in? Where's your TV license? I don't have one. I don't have one. Take him away. <laughs> <laughs> You can no. you can have my account if you want. It should be fine. Ah, uh, it's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll watch it All when right. it comes on Netflix in a year. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's move on. There was a bit of breaking news actually while we were uh, getting ready for the pod. Konami has two Silent Hill games in development. Ooh. Does anybody care? I bet Greg does. I bet Greg would be very excited about this. Well, yeah, I suppose so. Then again, it is Konami. Yes. Well, they're kind of pissing me off now, so. How does the world feel about Konami these days? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, hmm. they are on the road to redemption. You know, they're not like totally evil, and you know, they aren't just making pachinko machines anymore. So, what what I've heard about these two Silent Hill games is one's uh, like a traditional Silent Hill game, and one's a story-based episodic game, like Life is Strange or Telltale. And I'm far more excited about the second one than I am the first. Because I think, of course you so, are. I just think like a, a, a really heavily narrative based Silent Hell game could be awesome. Like you probably wouldn't ever understand what happened in the, the the game, but you know, to be spooked out and scared and stuff that that might be really cool. And the more traditional one, I don't know who's developing it, so I don't know whether to be excited about it or not. Because if it's internal Konami, then um, it's probably just going to be another gambling machine. So we'll see. Yeah. Interesting one. I guess we'll uh, find out if it ever gets confirmed. EA are uh, apparently rebooting Knights of the Old Republic. Yay! Is that a good thing? Yeah. That's a, it's, more Star Wars is always good. Hmm. 
Okay. So also, they've, they've got quite a few other Star Wars games in development, apparently. Yeah, well, they're milking the license for all it's worth, aren't they? Yeah, now that everyone's changed their mind. <laughs> you know, after Battle, after Battlefront 2, it was like, EA needs to be stripped of the license, tell Disney. And now they brought out, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, and everyone's like, yay, EA saved Star Wars games, yay. <laughs> oh, fickle gamers. Oh, what a bunch of assholes we are. <laughs> uh, right then, let's talk about PSVR 2. Because apparently, according to Tech Briefly, there were rumors going around that the PS5 is going to get its own PSVR model. And it seems like over at Immersive VR Education, the guys who made Titanic VR and Apollo 11 VR, is that PSVR 2 is going to be a thing. So I want to talk to the two guys who have had uh, PSVR recently, who currently own one, Mr. Sean Davies, and who recently got rid of one, Mr. Paul Collett. What would you want from a new VR system if you were to jump back into it, Mr. Paul Collett? Well, the only, the only reason why I got rid of the uh, PSVR in the first place was because of all the cables, and it was just cluttering up everything. And you're playing the VR, and then one of the cables might have brushed against the speaker and it fall over, and then, you know, I had plenty of space to wave my arms around, but all the damage was done by the damn cables. So um, if it's wireless um, and it has something slightly better than those move controllers because they're all a bit weird, um, then I'll jump straight back in uh, right now. Um, I love the VR. I think it, it changes gaming to a level you will not believe until you've actually played it. Um, Resident Evil 7 being just like the most whoa, amazing game. It won't take much for me to jump back in. Um, a, competitive, a competitive price would be nice. We've done another like, was it 300 quid when it first launched sort of thing? But I suppose it is VR, so you can't really expect anything too cheap. But um, yeah, um, just wireless uh, and maybe a slightly high resolution screen, and then I'll be all in. All right, John. Uh, I'm. I agree with the wireless. I think uh, Oculus Quest has really changed the game because that has no cables. Well, you can now get a cable which you can plug into the back of the Oculus Quest to make it cable, so you can play from a PC with better graphics. But you know the the the, game, the the headset itself can play games, VR games without any cables. You can use your hands now as controllers, which I think might might be a really great invention going forward if Sony are to adopt that to basically use your hands as controllers rather than having you know the the move controllers. But I I do love the move controllers, so if they're going to stick with that, fine. But I think you need to be wireless. I think to drive. You know, further adoption. I'd very much like to see them do like a standard version of the PSVR 2, which is like completely wireless. We'll play PS4 games in VR, but if you want a PS5 version, you need to plug it into the PS5 with the cable. Because I think that's the best way to get around the tech limitations as of right now. I don't think there's any way better to do that as of right now. So, yeah, wireless for sure and. I'd very much like to say there was a, a patent for cameras on the outside of the headsets. So basically you can click a button on the headset and you can see through the headset. So basically what's in front of you is projected onto the screen for your eyes to see. And I think that might be really good because one of the reasons why I don't go on VR as much as I would like to is because I feel it's too immersive and I've got kids in the house and like, you know, if the wife's out or something and my phone rings next to me, I'm like having to take off the VR and you know put all the move controllers down and everything, then reset them up again. 
But if you could just like turn over your phone and go, oh, it's this person, answer the phone, put it to your ear. Do you know what I mean? So you can basically see while the headset's still on. That would be fascinating. And I know there's a patent out there, and I think it was Sony that owned the patent. So if that that would be very cool. Huh, what about you? That's a what good about, idea. I like that. What, what, what about you, Ross? You 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 tempted to jump back in? Would anything tempt you back in to VR? I agree with you. A wireless headset would be amazing. I mean, it is that moment where you open the box for the first time and see just the vastness of the cables that you have to plug in to get this <laughs> damn thing working. It is unreal. Unbelievable. And the fact there's even a box in the middle of all these cables that you need to plug into as well. You know, the whole thing was a bit of a mess. I really enjoyed PSVR. I had one dodgy experience and I didn't pick it up again because I thought I wasn't actually ready for it. But I want to see more stuff that actually, you know, of all the stuff that I played on PSVR, I think I've said this before, but my favorite game was Tumble VR. It was just a block building game. But I never felt more immersed in anything than that. You know, I could move, physically move my body into the table and move it back out, push the blocks, turn them over with the move controller and then put place them in and actually feel like I'm there. And there was nothing, I don't know why that game did more than anything else did. But for me, it was just, wow, this is amazing technology. And I got really excited about it. And, you know, I keep looking at PSVR in the corner of my eye when I go on Amazon and things because... It's like you can get a decent headset with two controllers down for about 200 quid, which is quite a decent amount of money, really, for a PSVR headset and the move controllers. So, you know, I don't know. A wireless would be great. Think, uh, do you think Microsoft will jump into VR this gen coming up? They've, they've put a lot of money on um, AR, aren't they? Yeah, well, you know, HoloLens is still a, yeah. a big thing. But I don't, think, I don't think they're really pushing HoloLens for Xbox anymore. I think they're pushing that towards more businesses and, and companies rather than gaming. I don't. I can't see it. I think they're strong enough to get console at people like, let alone VR headset. So, <laughs> <laughs> in your face, Microsoft. We do. We are. We are a multi-console website. Oh yeah. Honestly, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> it may not sound like it at times, but we are. We do. We love them all. They're all brilliant in their own way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, that's the X- uh... Xbox One's really good at keeping doors open. It's <laughs> 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 old. Oh dear. Right, let's move on then. Uh, we are out of news things. So what we're going to do is we're going to move over to Mr. Sean Davies, who's bringing back the fan favorite indie corner to talk to us about a new game that we should be paying attention to. Mr. Sean Davies. Oh, you told me I was on mute. I just yeah. done a, I just done the most amazing theme tune. Uh... And I, I don't think I'll be able to do it again because I can't remember how it went. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Ah. A moment lost of time. Katie heard it, so oh, oh. okay, that's all. that's fine. Okay, so yeah, indie corner. So I've been scouring the internet for some indie games. I say scouring; most of it just comes to me, like in my mailbox. Wait, do you want me to, <laughs> you want me to throw together a jingle? You could throw together whatever you want. Okay. Hang on. I... <laughs> oh. Don't say we didn't warn you. Welcome to Sean's Indie Corner. Oh, wow. Buy some indie games. Wow. That was amazing. Thanks. 
Thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. You did, <laughs> so you did warn them. <laughs> <laughs> so, just a couple of indie games that I think you know have, have really stood out this last week. Uh, so, Hotel Afterlife um, was announced over the weekend. So, not a lot of the big sites have picked this up, but you'll probably hear a lot about it on Monday. Um, basically, it's a tycoon-style game that's kind of a cross between Dungeon Keeper and Two-Point Hospital. The idea is to build a hotel in the afterlife to help purify the souls of those that have been sent to hell. And it looks like a real fun game. So it's it's built by Alruna Studio. I think that's how you pronounce it. And there's... There's planned to be nine levels in the game, each one representing a different circle of hell. And it's looking to come out on Switch, PC, and other consoles in 2020. So it's probably not going to be any any time before like November, by the looks of it. Uh, so this might be a PS5 and Xbox Series X game. So keep your eyes out for um, Hotel Afterlife. It looks very cutesy, but also with a really dark sense of humor. So well worth a look. Um, mm. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, it's like it. It looks like um, you build basically levels of your hotel, and each each level can have like different treatments for for, for your guests. I say guests in inadvertent comments because you know they're forced to be there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it looks it looks hella fun. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, so the second game is called Later Datas, which is. The studio behind it's Bloom Digital. They they made a, a dating simulator for the Switch and PC called Long Story, and it's got a lot of plaudits. It's reviewed really well, and their their next game is <laughs> it's a dating simulator for based on octogenarians in a retirement home, and it looks really funny. <laughs> so, so it's basically like a visual novel style dating game, like um, Hato for Boyfriend or anything like that, but basically you are meeting old men and old women and a couple and <laughs> in a old age pensioners home and you get to join a little social club and meet up with <laughs> with uh, people who've got false teeth and <laughs> i don't know what it just like stood out because most dating simulators these days are like horny weird horrible things whereas this one looks kind of cute you know, all these kind of single people in a in a old age pensioners retirement home kind of thing. You know, finding love. And it's got like a lot of really cool characters. So one of them's one of them's gives you haircuts and he's a bit younger than everyone else. Another one's an ex rock star who's a bit washed up these days. There's a Japanese American golfer, I think it is. But they you know, it looks like a it looks fun. So keep an eye out for later datas. The third game's called Wavy the Rocket, and I think we're all in agreement that this looks pretty damn fucking good. It looks awesome. So it's being developed by Upper Room Games, and basically it's a 2D slash 2.5D platformer where you ride a sin wave. I think, is it an oscilloscope that measures a sin wave? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> basically, do you know, like, if you measure sound and you get that wave, which is like the pitch. And if you you know when you reduce the pitch, the wave goes higher um, and becomes slimmer. But basically, this game you ride along this wave that you create that you move to either become higher and shorter waves or longer waves, which means you travel across the screen faster. 
and it looks like an ingenious idea that's got a lot of you know potential with it. Um, and it's looking to come out this year. I think it's just on PC. But yeah, if you if you go onto Google and type in Wavy the Rocket, there's loads of gameplay demos and stuff out there. It's well worth a look. I'm hoping to Christ it comes to consoles because it looks like amazing. So if you're a publisher mm-hmm. listening to this, go speak to Upper Room Games and, and buy their game or whatever. Yes, please. Yes. I'd like it on my uh, Switch. Of course. You, I knew you were going to say Switch. <laughs> Bring it to every, that, every that, console. That actually sounds like a game based on the Arkham, all the little mini games where you have to unlock doors in Arkham. You had to wave, didn't you? You had to match them up. Remember? Yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, wicked. I'm in. Excellent. Well, that's three out of four. And I know that um, Greg said it looked good. So if we can all agree on something, it must be good. That's... Bloody hell. That's <laughs> and the first. Uh, yeah, there's the first time for everything. And that will be yeah. the end of the Finger Guns podcast. Um... Basically, maybe the Rocket just needs to put on their poster. Paul Collett is excited for this. Yeah. I I Paul's excited for this. Like, if that doesn't sell it, I don't know what will. <laughs> And the last indie game, I'm, I, I don't know how to pronounce this, so I'm sorry if I'm murdering this. Mayan here, it's either Mayan here or Mayan here, is being developed by Triple A, which <laughs> is a, a really nice, funny pun on Triple A. Triple A? But yeah, they're developing a Zelda esque RPG set in medieval Britain. It's top down and it looks colourful and nice. It's early in development, but. This Triple Air have a really good pedigree and they helped making TXK and Polybius, you know, Llamasoft's last two, well, not last two, but two previous games. They made Lumo, that isometric adventure. And they oh, made. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, so like they've, they've got a really good track record of, of getting like um, old aesthetics and old kind of themes and thematic ways about a game and bringing them into modern day like Lumo didn't play anything like the older games did it that it was based on but it was still really cool so and they recently released this game called uh, I'm probably going to move this as well it's either Kekanoid or Sekanoid um, but it's like a, a 2D twin stick shooter based on like the old school shooters and it is damn good I played the demo and it was awesome so Keep your eye out for that one. I would highly advise going to follow Triple uh, Air on uh, Twitter because they do Twitch streams and stuff for the development and stuff, and, and they put out some really cool content on there. So go give them a follow. And that is the end of our... Da-da-da in the corner, right then. It's time for the quiz answers. Let's go. Okay. Oh, yeah. Let's do these answers. Question one. The 2012 game Sleeping Dogs was originally in development as an entry into which other video game series before Square Enix acquired the publishing rights to the game. Paul. Was it True Crime? It was True Crime. Yes. Well done. The game was originally called Black Lotus, but then um, Activision said, hey, we've got this True Crime series that's completely crapped out on us. Why don't you build this game for that? And they tried to. Um, Question two. The design of 2012's indie darling Fez is credited to which enigmatic game developer? Uh, Roscoe? Phil Fish, right? It is Phil Fish. Well done. Boom. That stroppy prick. (laughs) Question three. What is the name of the plague-ridden industrial city that 2012's Dishonored is set in? Paul? Is it Dunwall? It is Dunwall. Well done. Yes. Mm. 
Question four. What is the name of the game studio that developed 2012 Journey? Ross? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's that game company. Oh, which game company? Uh, that game company? That game company is correct. Yeah. 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 Oh. oh, Paul got it. Of course he did. Of course I got it, you muppets. <laughs> Just playing along, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fuck you. Question, <laughs> question five, 2012's Max Payne 3 was set predominantly in which country? Paul? Oh, please, Brazil. It is Brazil. Well done. Oh. Okay, question mm. six. In 2012, the last game in the Resistance series was released and it was exclusive for a single platform. What platform was it, Roscoe? PS Vita. It was PS Vita. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Resistance Burning Skies. Question seven. What are the names of the two primary protagonists in 2012? Smash it, Telltale's The Walking Dead. Paul? Jeff and Philbert. Absolutely not. Damn it. <laughs> it would have been great if it was, though. Jeff oh, and Philbert. <laughs> the answer is actually Lee and, Lee and Clementine. Clementine. Well done. Oh, Clementine. Question 8. Announced and released in 2012, Sony released a gaming peripheral that was only ever compatible with four games. What was it, uh, Roscoe? Oh, was it the was it the racing wheel for the move? It wasn't. Fuck. Paul, have you got a guess on this? Was it the, the gun thing for the PlayStation Move? No. Was it actually the PlayStation Move itself? <laughs> no, it was oh. actually the Wonder Book. Oh, bless PlayStation! Surely, Wonder Book. Yeah, uh, Wonder Book. The thing is, now the Wonder Book, the one I had to review, uh, used a PlayStation Move. So technically, yeah, the, no, no, Paul. The <laughs> oh. PlayStation Move had oh. plenty of games, mate. Did it, it really? Oh shit! Yeah, I had a, I had a PlayStation Three full of PlayStation Move games. Wow. Yeah, I was I was big into uh, PlayStation Move back in the day. It was it, what kept me healthy. Sports champions. Oh my god. Frisbee golf. That was a fucking amazing game. Not, anyway, question nine. <laughs> <laughs> three three game series celebrated their twenty fifth anniversary in two thousand and twelve. Name one of them, Paul. Final Fantasy. No. Are oh, you slay? Metal Gear. Yes, Metal Gear. But you're not having the answer. No, you said Final Fantasy. I had to go for it down. <laughs> well, you give me the wrong one. In your face. <laughs> yeah, but hold on. Final Fantasy must have had a 25-year anniversary at some point. 2013. Yeah. When was uh, that? A year later, 2013. Sons of bitches. <laughs> so three game series celebrated their 25th anniversary in 2012. That was Metal Gear, Street Fighter, and Mega Man. Ooh. I put Metal Gear. Well done. Nice. Question 10. What was the highest selling game of 2012? Uh, Roscoe? Yeah. Black Ops 2. Call of Duty Black Ops 2 is the correct answer. Ooh. If you wouldn't mind tossing up your scores. Uh, Paul, how many did you get, buddy? Oh, fucking six. Fucking six. Wow, okay. <laughs> the ma- has the magic been broken, Roscoe? Fucking eight. Well done. Order has now been restored on the, the Finger Guns podcast. Every one of our contestants now has one win. So congratulations. Ooh. There is no leaders anymore. There is just... Losers. Just losers. There's just three people drawing for first place. 
That's great. <laughs> and last place. And last... <laughs> Absolutely. Three winners <laughs> and losers. And that was the quiz for this week. If you did partake in this week's quiz, do let us know how you got on. Uh, see if you could beat Roscoe's eight or, or Paul's six or Greg's zilch. It's a bit unfair to call on that because he did get called into work, but, you know, to save lives and whatnot. But Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, Greg whatever. got the lowest score of the week. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for this week's episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. We're going to round it off with Out This Week. And Out This Week, Kentucky Route Zero is coming to consoles, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One on the 28th of January. So if you listen to this the day it goes up, it's coming out tomorrow. I'm very excited. Every de- every developer and publisher I know that have played this game says they absolutely love it. So I'm excited to see what the fuss is about. Definitely going to jump in to that one. It came from space and ate our brains. It's coming to uh, Xbox One, Switch, PS4, and everything else on January 28th as well. That looks a lot of fun. The kind of game title I can get behind. Uh, January 28th also, Journey to the Savage Planet yes. is finally landing on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Are you picking this one up, Sean? I am. I'm going to be picking up quite a lot this week by the looks of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, de- definitely this. The, the What I played at EGX was great. Really, really funny game. There's like, you eat this slime to make you better in the game, but the computer kept saying, actually, that slime is turning all of your bones into tumors, rock hard tumors. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, it's like, don't eat the slime. And then you eat the slime, and it's like, huh. You're just going to play this game however you want, are you? It's just—it's really, really dry, and I cannot wait. So, it looks like stuff. No Man's Sky, but with a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, it's like they took the, the art style from No Man's Sky and give it some direction. Mm, cool. Racer is coming out on Xbox One, PS4, and Switch on January 29th. That looks like a Paul College joint, if ever I've seen one. My goodness me, look at those 80s aesthetics. Oof. Can I know you? how much. There's blue neon, there's pink neon, and there's a sunset. All you need in everything. (laughs) Uh, Coffee Talk is coming out on January 29th on PC and Switch, which looks really good. Looking forward to that. Uh, Sisters Royale is coming to PS4, Switch, and something else as well. I think that's one. Um, Did someone get that, or did I ask for it and we didn't get it? I think it was the second one. Sisters Royale? Yes. It's not a Royale. It's... um, it's a vertical side scoring shoot 'em up, so it's a shmup. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, bullet hell kind of thing. But uh, Coffee Talk comes to PS4 Xbox One on the 30th, so the day after, or a couple of days after, or day after on uh, on Switch and PC. And uh, that's kind of a lot, really. Monster Energy Supercross is out on February the 4th. Sean's got that. You'll be able to find out what he thinks on the 31st of January. That's right, isn't it? Yep, this Friday. Yep. Sweet. So we'll talk about that on next week's podcast. Well, that's it. Thank you very much indeed for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to follow us over at all the usual places over on Twitter at FNGRGNS on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UK. All of our individual Twitter handles are in the description below. Be sure to follow us if you want to. As Sean said, our Twitch channel is being used a lot more now. Twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net. Did you know if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime and you can subscribe to us for free. That would be lovely if you want to. It's a good laugh and we have some fun times on the stream uh, if you're listening to this on the day it goes live which will be monday the 27th um, i'm streaming uh, cuisine royale this evening so come and join me if you want on twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns dot net maybe sean will join me as well we shall see i don't know yet yeah let's do it it'll be a good laugh 
And yeah, we're going to get some extra coverage for that. Uh, my review of that is going to be up this week as well. So lots of cuisine rolling out coming your way. But until then, it is goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett. Toodles. What? Toodles. Um, see you. <laughs> goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. And goodbye from me. Thank you very much indeed for listening. This has been the Finger Guns Podcast. Oh, <laughs>